is me, Aaliyah, and it's been a mighty, mighty, mighty long time since my last podcast episode. I was feeling, I shouldn't say I was feeling today, I have been feeling the call to come back to you guys, to come back and talk, tell you what's going on in my life, and to give you an update about everything that's been happening for the last two years. My ancestors have been nagging me deeply that this is my calling to come back at this time to come back and talk to y'all. And let me tell you a little bit about what happened when I sat down to plan an outline and to write down what I wanted to talk about because they were very clear that I needed to talk, but I wasn't sure about what. So I'm like, let me sit down and bust out some notepads and post-it notes and get everything down. So I started doing some writing and jotting down a few ideas, but it just felt so stale and so canned and so contrived and not really what it is that's really on my heart. And that has been really probably the biggest testimony of everything that's been going on for these last two years about breaking through the contrived, the canned, the polished, all of that and continue to be authentic. So I was called to just sit here and talk to y'all tonight and to just show up exactly how I am, imperfect, without a script, without any of those things. If you've been rocking with me for a while, you know that I'm all about self-love. You know that I'm all about authenticity. You know that I'm about healing and about doing the inner child work. And none of that has changed. And I have no regrets of any way that I have shown up in the past, that I'm showing up now. I just know that I'm in a constant state of evolution. So what that means is that even when I got to um, another peak of breaking through um, shadows and breaking through all of that, there's still so much work to be done. And that's what it is, right? It's always about learning, applying, and then because you've gotten to that level, you are able to see what's next for you. This journey is never done. This journey is never done. This journey is never done. Um, oh my gosh, this journey is never done. I'm thinking a lot about how I have really focused on how I have applied those lessons of self-love and of self-discovery and authenticity in my workplace and in my relationships and in my marriage and all of those places and have been really quite proud of myself about how I've done my work, so to speak. But even as I've done that, more opportunities to keep working on it has arisen. And the biggest place that I have seen this come to tr come to light and come true for me has been in my spiritual life. So let me just tell you a story of what I've been up to for these last couple years and kind of where I am now. And again, this is completely unscripted. So again, if you've been rocking me with walking, rocking with me for a while and you've been a personal friend, you've been a follower of this podcast, however we've come into each other's lives, you know that I've always considered myself um, spiritually open-minded. Maybe that's, that's what I used to say, or spiritually fluid or anything that basically isn't Christian and really a student of the universe and a student of all um, the universal truths that the universe and life has to teach us. In the last two, three years, I have really identified more specifically as hoodoo. And so what you all, if you don't know what that means, hoodoo is 
the expression of African-American culture, spirituality, being. It's the intersection of the mundane and the magic. It is our specific religion that intersects all of those things about what it means to be a person of the diaspora, of the African diaspora in the Americas. It is how we eat. It is how we worship. It is how we pray. It is how we revere. It is centered on our ancestor veneration, and it is um, a child of the African diaspora and African traditional religion. So for those folks that say hoodoo is, you know, just folk medicine or just a parallel of Christianity, none of that is true. Hoodoo is a religion in its own right. And if you are black and if you are descendant from the continent, you know that our religion and our spirituality cannot be divorced from our everyday life. So that's the very general, maybe vague, but that's the biggest, simplest definition that I can give you for hoodoo. And so over these last couple of years, I have been doing so much work internally and externally on my hoodoo journey. And what that has brought, the, the very best parts of it is that it has brought me into community with so many wonderful beings, women, men, non-gendered people, um, trans people, just all kinds of people, because that's what we are, all kinds of black people, all kinds of unapologetically black people who are in this tradition and on this journey. And it has been such a beautiful thing. I have gotten deeper with my own practice, not only my practice in magic, my practice in the mundane. I have done so much extensive work and studying in the history and just really immersing myself in that. And there's been so many wonderful things that have happened as a result. Like I can't even sit up here and try to name every wonderful thing that has happened. I would say the best things that have happened is that I have become really confident in my spirituality. I have become very bold in my spirituality. I am not just whispering in the corners and whispering about, you know, what I believe and only talking about it in hushed tones with other like-minded people that I am, um, I have called folks in or have come out religiously about who I am and my identity. It's been such an honor to teach my daughter and to um, not just kind of teach her covertly, which is a way, the way many of us were taught out of our own protection and out of safety, but really be deliberate and intentional in the ways that I teach her about how, what does it mean to be a black woman in this society and what does it mean to be a black woman that's descended from African people and that's descended from not only the ancestors that I know, but the ancestors that are unknown. So hoodoo has is my life hoodoo is life and hoodoo is so much of how i show up and move in this world and there's just been a lot of beautiful blessings that have come as a result and then there's the negative side too that has come as a result um and some of the things that i'm going to share are not specific to the hoodoo community it's things that happen in every religion every philosophy Every time you have a group of people come together, you're going to see some of the same things that happen. You're going to see abuse. You're going to see narcissism. You're going to see people take advantage of others. You're going to see folks scam. You're going to see infighting. You're going to see people who are really showing up with their smaller selves. That means they're unhealed selves, their inner child that still has a mother wound or a father wound. You're going to still see people that are acting out their own demons so to speak and projecting those things onto you and unfortunately i have seen the very worst of that behavior as well and 
as I've dealt with this very worst of the behavior, y'all, I was in a whole ass cult. I was in a whole ass cult and didn't even know it. Maybe I'll talk about that in a little bit. And I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Because it's given me the opportunity to understand the places where I still have healing to do. It's given me the opportunity to investigate how did I get in this situation when I consider myself intelligent, when I consider myself having done so much work, how did I end up in this situation? And it's given me the opportunity to get closer to my ancestors. And that's been a really good part of the journey because I think I was chasing something that I didn't even have a name for. And when that was removed from me, I was able to really see, or I am able to see who I have been and what's always been there. So I'm talking around. I'm obligated to tell anybody the stories. I have done my due diligence um, of reporting and naming the person who spiritually abused me. And I don't have to re-traumatize myself for entertainment purposes or to trigger anybody else. So um, I just went back and scratched that because I said I'm going to show up the way that I want to show up. And this is not about selling a product, promoting myself, or being anything else except for just me and being plain in that. So instead of telling a story about how I got into a whole ass cult and what happened in the cult and all of that, you can, if you're Facebook friends, go ahead and um, go back to my posts around December 16th, approximately, um, December 16, 2020, and you can go back and read the whole saga. Um, if you don't know the story, then we probably aren't as close friends as you think you are, and I'm not obligated to do that. But what I will do is share a little bit about how the fuck I ever forgot who I was, how I forgot who the fuck I was. And going through that experience with that with that cult and also, you know, previous spiritual abuse with another um, so-called spiritualist, I realized what was happening was that I was chasing validation to be who I've already been. I was chasing validation to have a name and have a structure around what I've always done. And I was chasing um, validation in a community when I've already had the validation, not only in the community, but in my family and in the people that I call my community. And I have forgotten all of those things. And, I, and that experience helped me to awaken to who the fuck I am. So who am I? Who have I always been? I've always been Aaliyah. I've always been feisty. I've always been um, a leader. I have always been the one rooting and advocating for the underdog. I've always been the one telling the whole ass truth and not allowing bullshit and allowing people to gaslight me. That's who I've always been. Y'all, when I was in elementary school and my mama would, my mom used to tell me when I was a kid and when I grown up, when I grew up, how hard it was to parent me because I was always so logical and right. And I didn't just accept rules in the status quo just because somebody who called themselves an authority told me so. So I remember when I was in elementary school and I remember being in about third or fourth grade and I had, when I was in second grade, I'm sorry, second, third, fourth, around that same time. At that time, I had transferred from my local public school to this private school that my mom had attended when she was a kid. 
And at this school, they thought that I was smart and I had to always go to another grade for reading for the morning time and then I would rejoin my classroom during the afternoon time for math and all of that because so they would put me in, a, in more advanced reading and I had to come back to uh, my class for math, etc. And I didn't, I liked going to reading, like it was cool, but I noticed that when I went back to my classroom, I always was in the very, very back row. Like, remember old school 80s classrooms where you had the linoleum in the front of the classroom and that carpet area in the back? My desk would be like by its lonesome in the back on the carpet area. Did y'all figure out that I was the only black kid in the class? Really? You just not figured that out? I'm just joking. So yeah, that there's that too. Um... And I remember that if you didn't do your homework, then the punishment for not doing your homework was you had to be benched the next day for recess. And that means that you had to sit on the bench. The other thing to know was that recess were organized sports. So you had these older kids who would, you know, lead you in four square or lead you in kickball or lead you in whatever the activity was for recess. But I hated outside and playing like y'all. I hated it. Like I was that kid that my mom would threaten me to go take me to go outside because, you know, in the 80s, kids had to go outside and get fresh air and run streets and all of that. And I did not understand why I needed to run and sweat and do all of that. Like for what? I just want to stay in the house and read my books. So I figured if I if the punishment for not doing my homework was I had to sit on the bench and read like that was a no brainer. Fine. I'll sit on the bench and read. And I would tell my teachers like I don't understand why I have to do 50 problems of math when I've demonstrated to you I already know how to do it. So this additional practice doesn't make sense to me. And I would literally speak to them just like that. And they just didn't know what to do with me. I was called insubordinate. I was called does not respect authority. I remember the little principal um, told me I was going to go to hell because God didn't like my behavior. But my thing was like, y'all are full of shit. Like y'all can't give me a logical reason why I need to do this homework when I clearly can do it and doing it just for the sake of doing it. And then giving me this stupid, a punishment of, I now have to sit down and read was, was, was dumb. None of that shit made sense to me. So all of that to say that I've always been that person that, saw the truth for the truth and and created my own systems and created my own logic when i went to the little magnet school after that i figured out really quickly not in fifth grade because my fifth grade teacher was not playing that at all with me but when i got to sixth grade i realized i could play my teacher and he was this this white dude and he didn't teach us for shit. like he just did not teach us and i didn't appreciate having my time wasted and i literally went to the principal and told her that the teacher was wasting my time and he's not teaching us anything and this is ridiculous and so what i would do instead was i would go to the second grade classroom every day in in and um, teach. I would ask to have a group of kids. I would grade papers. I would do whatever. And I would tell her my teacher sent me. But then the little trick I was doing was I went back to my teacher and told me the second grade teacher needed me. So I was playing them against each other to get what I wanted. Um, and what I wanted was to teach. What I wanted was to be useful and to be valuable. And I wasn't about having nobody waste my time. The times when I had to be in my sixth grade classroom, I created the whole library system in my classroom and set up a whole car catalog. Like I just did these things just because I felt like they were useful and it was what I was passionate about and doing stupid homework didn't mean anything because I knew I was going to get an A in the class anyway. So obviously, you know, there's things that you just have to do growing up and you just have to do because it's part of development, etc. But I was always that person that I needed logic and reason. And if you didn't give me something logical and reasonable, then I'm going to, I'm one, I'm going to not be shy about saying it, but I'm also going to create my own systems and structures. And that's who I've always been both in, um, both as a kid, now as a whole 42 year old woman and also as a spiritualist like you can't just tell me to do something just for the sake of doing it if it doesn't make sense and it doesn't work 
And I have forgotten that. I have forgotten that when I was going through this whole journey and sometimes I was doing things that because like, you know, the elder said that this is what you're supposed to do, but it didn't make sense. And and I'm glad that I have opened up my eyes and, and, and not doing things just because I'm compelled to do it. But remembering the who I was was always a rebel with a cause. Another thing that I was reminded of, of who I am and my powers is that my writing and my manifestation game are on point. I've always known that ever since I was a kid, when I had my very first journal, I will never forget. Like, so I started journaling heavily when I was in the seventh grade at that time. I was journaling because things were really chaotic at home and chaotic with, again, at a new school and being the poor kid at this super rich, rich school, being one of the very few black kids at this extremely white school and just feeling very different and odd. I needed a place to process my thoughts. And I remember two things that happened when I was in middle school and high school. One was I noticed that every time I would journal about something, it would come true. And what I mean by that, there was a time when I was going, when my family was going through some really extreme hardships and it was uncertain about whether or not I was going to be able to return back to the school because even though I was on financial aid and had most of my tuition covered, we still had to pay for books and tuition didn't cover books. I still had to pay for uniforms. I still had to have lunch. And so we would incur a balance because of those things. Like this is back in the early 90s and my books were like $300 a semester and that was just my books and it was me and my sister going to the school. And I remember um, at this time, and I still have a journal, this is why I know for a fact, like I have the proof, because I'm a receipt collector as well, that I had journals that I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I knew that my tuition was going to be paid for. I knew that things were going to work out. And I just, I just knew, and I wrote that I didn't have, I didn't have a fear at all about not being able to pay this balance. And I'm going to make up the number. Let's say the number was like 200, I mean, $2,999. Like I just had this very deep sense of knowing in my gut that things were going to work out and I journaled it as if it's true. Fast forward um, a few weeks later, we had found out that there's some benefactor had given money to the school. I can't remember exactly what the situation was. I have it written out in my journal, like I said, but whatever the case was, they I, they had received um, money on my behalf and on several people's behalf. And the amount of money that it came down to was literally the exact amount of my tuition being due. And, I, and it didn't even surprise me or shock me at that time because I knew that that was going to happen. And there were so many instances of stuff like that that happened in my journal as young as elementary school. I'm not elementary school, middle school and high school. And then another really interesting thing about my writing was that I knew and I read in here, I wrote in there that I'm writing these diaries for my grandchildren. At that time, I was definitely Christian. I was definitely born again. I was definitely immersed in the church, not because it was forced upon me or I was coerced into it, but because that was what I really felt drawn to at the time when I was going through this search of being um, close to God and, and what did it mean to serve? And that was something that was really important to me. Even as early as 14, I knew that I wanted to serve and be a religious servant um, when I grew up. And but it was still very clear to me that my diaries were going to be important and that I was writing so that I wrote in there that I'm writing so that my grandchildren will one day understand and make sense of the world and that it would make and they would not feel alone and things would make sense to them. And I think looking back at that now, I, I am amazed at how 
consciously hoodoo I was without even knowing it, but knowing that my writings and knowing that passing down a legacy and knowing that sending that for my preparing a legacy for my children were going to be super important and that yeah, passing down that legacy and passing down those lessons is really what we are about. And one day that I will be an ancestor and have to do that. And I was very much tapped into it. So that was that. Another thing that was, and I'm going to stop there because I have a whole list, y'all, of things that I have not rediscovered, but I have reclaimed my power in. So two more things, two more things. One, another thing was my dreams. Y'all, my dreams are super powerful. They are super potent. They are super clear. And I have two very different types of, I have three different types of dreams. One are like my, like the run of the mill prophetic dreams. Like I dream it and it happens. And the reason why I know that is because again, I write down my dreams and um, they come true in, in very unexpected ways, sometimes very mundane ways, sometimes in ways that don't make sense at the time. And then later on it'll happen. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember I dreamt that. And then I'll go back to my diary and I'll see how I literally wrote out exactly what was going to happen. Um, so there's those kinds of dreams. I also have what's called lucid dreaming where I'm in my dream world and I am either visiting with other people, visiting with my ancestors, visiting with folks way back in the past or way in the future are people who are connected to me in real life. And I'm consciously aware that I'm dreaming and I'm doing work and divination and doing doing work in my dreams. So those, so there's those. And then of course, there's also um, the, the typical regular dreams that all of us have, dreams that are just um, emotional stuff, gunk that's working itself out in the dreamscape. So whether it's, you know, silly adventures dreams or anxiety dreams, I have those as well. Um, but my dream life has always been very potent ever since I was a kid. And yeah, and in I now have language for and structure for what it all means and am able to use that and tap into that, not only with my divinations, but in my own spiritual growth. And I... Going through this experience with the cult, I realized how much of a gift that is and feeling really confident in that because one of the things that happened was that we didn't get much teaching. We didn't get much education at all within this group. So we we leaned on each other for teaching. We leaned on each other for growth. We leaned on each other for lessons and how-tos and all of those kinds of things. And one thing that came to the surface was I really realized, not I really realized, goodness, I really leaned into the fact that I know how to interpret dreams. I've been doing this for myself and I can do this for others. And I've started to be able to use that tool for other folks. And that was really dope to be able to um, serve people in that kind of way. And then the last thing that I forgot, but I was reminded of is that I've always been a leader. I've always been starting some kind of club, some kind of organization. And every um, job that I've had, I've come up as a leader and and not just in the professional way or in the structured ways, but I'm a leader within my family. I'm in my both my immediate family and my extended family and my friend group. And I don't mean a leader as in a person who is in charge of people because that is definitely a skill set and that's something that I've, I've had to do but to me a leader is someone who is who is able to bring out the best in 
others, someone who is able to take um, to see into others what oftentimes they don't see in themselves and to help craft it and mold it so that they are able to live their best lives and live um, up to their to their own visions and leave out their own destiny. And also someone who literally is there to help teach in and guide the next generation. And I realized through going through this experience that I didn't need some external person to tell me that that was already who I am. I have the evidence of my own life and the evidence of my own family to to see that to be true. And so that's just a, a short list of the many, 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 many lessons I've learned. And, um, you know, truthfully, I'm not at the place right now to go into all of the details into the lessons learned. And I don't know when or if I will be. And I also, you know, I'm in a period of, of change and influx myself. And what that means is that how I will be showing up and, and teaching and leading and working my business, that's all going to change. So you might have noticed that I've been silent around promotion. I've been silent around teaching. I've been silent about those things. And that's been all very intentional. Um, I have an idea about where that's going. I'm not ready at this point to share where that's going, but it's going to be going to, I can say very clearly that it's going to a lot of the basics. It's going back to the core of who I am and how I show up does not need to be the same way that every other entrepreneur shows up. I don't even need to call myself an entrepreneur. Um, and I'm just going to keep showing up and keep teaching and keep leading and keep giving and keep serving y'all as I continue to do those things for myself. So this is not an hour long episode. This was just a short update on what's been on my mind, what's been on my heart. Um, what I do have, and I'm going to link them in the show notes, are that I've been doing a few um, short, short, short episodes. And I've been calling them Aaliyah's Hot Takes. Aaliyah's Hot Take. And I'm going to drop the link to that. And that's where you can get like, you know, a little 15 minutes or less um, lessons and information and just thoughts on current events, um, spiritual world, about being black, all of those things. I'm going to drop those in the show notes and we're going to keep moving forward with this and let's see where this thing goes. Right now, I am committing myself to doing bi-weekly episodes of this podcast, but we'll see what happens and we'll see where this morphs into. What I would love for you is that if you have found this helpful, if you have found this energizing, to go ahead and leave a comment. Um, you can do so at info at aliamcdaniel.com and that is A-L-E-I-A-M-C-D-A-N-I-E-L.com. So you can drop me an email there. You can find me on social media, on Instagram at Hey Mrs. McDaniel, and that's Hey with three Y's. You can find me on Twitter at Hey Mrs. McDaniel with two Y's. You can find me on Facebook, but I would love just to hear a little thought, a little word, a little piece of encouragement about whether or not you found this helpful, any thoughts you have, 
and we're going to work on a new format for this show. Um, I have lots of ideas about how I want to take this and I hope that you will continue to join me there. Um, so again, just drop me. All I'm asking for y'all to do is drop me a word of encouragement, drop me um, a comment and stay tuned for two weeks from now when I have my next episode and I cannot wait to share with y'all with y'all what that is, but you got to stay tuned. All right, everybody, thank you for sticking with me and for rocking with me. And until next time.